I love therapy, and in fact, I've been going to therapy since I was around six years old. Though I talk about therapy a lot and may interview some therapists on the show on occasion, nothing that is said in this podcast should be considered a replacement for therapy. If you are struggling, I urge you to please seek guidance from a therapist because you are absolutely worth it. relationships, sex, and self-love. I am your host, Rachel Dalton. I hope everybody is doing well as we come to a close of the month of January 2023. Uh, Pretty nuts. Everything is just moving so quickly. Um, And if you're listening to this the day that it comes out, uh, the last weekend of my show opens. So if you're in the Philly area, feel free to stop by and say hi this weekend. Uh, Other than that, though, I... (sighs) Ending shows is always like a weird thing for me because I'm going to miss the cast and the group of people that have become my family. I honestly can't remember the last time that a cast and crew like became so close and felt like family. Well, actually, I think I can. It was another Christmas show that I did about 10 years ago. Um, But yeah, it's rare to feel this level of camaraderie with a group of people. And I'm very grateful to have experienced it. Uh, This group of people has become my family, my friends, and I'm really excited to stay in contact with them even once the show ends. So I'm excited to have more time to myself. You know, I just got to promotion um, that took effect this month. So I'm ready to kind of focus on that and some other things that I have going on, the podcast being one of them. But uh, I know I'm going to be really sad too. So it's going to be a kind of uh, bittersweet experience. Um, but anyway, uh, so I wanted to start off this episode today with a question that's kind of been circulating the internet that I want to pose to my listeners. I kind of just enjoy thought experiments like this, so I figured I would share. Uh, The question, and I'm so sorry, I'm not going to remember the place that it originally was questioned, um, but I have heard about it from multiple true crime podcasts that I've listened to, so I'll try to track down where the question is, is coming from and put it in the episode notes if I can. No promises, though. But the question is, Let's say you die. It's not like a traumatic death. It's like of old age or whatnot. And you end up going to wherever you go when you die, whatever your belief is. And um, whatever, <laughs> whoever is up there, whoever's in charge up there or wherever says, okay, here's the deal. You get to go back to Earth for five minutes. Here's the catch, though. You can't see anybody that you know because you're dead. And if they saw you, they would be like, holy shit, that person's dead and it would be traumatic for them. So you can go back to Earth for five minutes and you can go anywhere that you want with that caveat. Where do you go? And it's so funny how the answer came to me right away. You know, I would go spend five minutes on the beach of the cottage that I grew up with for the first 23, 24 years of my life. Uh, No question, that is exactly where I would go. It is, to this day, my favorite place on earth. It's from the state that I come from. 
Um, and that's where I would want to spend my last moments on earth. But I'd love to know what your answers are. What would you, where would you want to go? What would you want to do? Um, I don't know. I just love fun little thought experiments like that. And since that's circulating the internet, it's probably a TikTok thing, let's be honest. Uh, I figured that I would pose the question to my listeners. All right. Um, the next thing that I wanted to cover was I heard a while ago about an app called We Should Try It. And actually, it's an app called Spicer. Um, we Should Try It is the website that gives you information about the app. So you should check that out. But the app is called Spicer. And uh, I sent it to my partner maybe about a month ago because um, we were away from each other for three weeks. And I uh, sent him the app and I thought it'd be kind of a fun way to be in contact. What it does is it pops up these different options for different things that you could do in the bedroom. And you get to say whether you would definitely do it, whether you're interested in doing it, whether it's like a maybe, like we could talk about it, or whether it's like a hard no. And it's cool because like, I mean, I'm not the type of person who's shy to talk about what I'm interested in doing, but there are people out there who may not be as comfortable. So it kind of opens a place for you to have a conversation about those things inside of the app so that you don't feel like, see, there's some separation between like your everyday in-person life with this person and the app. So you feel safe to be able to discuss it in the app. Um, Yeah, it's been really interesting. I think that my biggest complaint about it is that I can see the things that we match on. And I think based on what I'm seeing, I can see the things that we're both maybes on. I can't see what his no's are. Um, And that's kind of like the things I'm most interested in because we've talked about all of the things that, you know, we would be interested in doing. And to be fair, the app does bring up some different things that, you know, I've never thought about or we've never talked about. Um, but yeah, I kind of do like, I just like to be able to see what we miss don't match on where the mismatches are in our, in our thoughts. Uh, cause those are the things that I want to talk about. So maybe there is a way to do that and we just haven't figured it out yet. Um, I've been so busy that we haven't had a chance to like sit down and actually go through the app. So I will, um, in the next episode, let's say that I'll update you on that and see if we can figure out, uh, and who knows, maybe we'll figure out something new that we want to try as as a result of that. Uh, I'm super excited to introduce my guest for today. Kalina Powell is a self-proclaimed deaf queen boss. She uh, is deaf in both ears. And she and I talk today about being deaf and dating and what that's like, uh, what the process is like, how you can be more supportive if you are dating a person who is disabled, and really just kind of going over her story of self-love and how that's related to uh, her process of dating. So uh, before we get to that, though, I do say in the episode um, that, you know, people aren't a monolith. No quote-unquote group of people is a monolith. People are individuals. And just because, you know, one, I mean, I'm a woman, so let's use this. Just because one woman says that she has this experience does not mean that all women have that experience or share that opinion, right? So just because, um, you know, Kalina has her own experience, you know, she has said that there are, uh, 
when she is going out on a date that she does not mention uh, her disability right away. She just kind of, if it comes up, it comes up. Uh, but there are other people who have said that they do want to put it out there right away. So uh, I did include in the episode notes just a few articles about different people's experiences um, with disability and dating, just because I wanted to, you know, you are hearing Kalina's experience in this episode, um, but I wanted to share some others. And I do have on the docket a few other people uh, this year that are planning on coming onto the podcast to talk about uh, their disability and how that relates to dating, sex, self-love, all of that good stuff. So, uh, okay, with that, I think that's everything that I wanted to cover today. Let me check my notes. Yep, that's everything. All right. So with that, I am going to uh, go ahead and cut to a quick commercial break, then uh, get into my conversation with Kalina. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it's been a kind of tough start to 2023. Uh, it was just a mix of like being really busy and having some, I don't know, a lot of people that I know have kind of had emotional things happen that have just made the day-to-day kind of difficult. So if that's you, um, you know, I am here with you. I see you. um, And, you know, you can always feel free to reach out to me to talk about it. Um, I am here for you. And of course, you know that I'm always a huge advocate for therapy. Um, So with that, uh, yeah, here's the commercial and enjoy my conversation with Kalina. Calling all citizens of Halcyon City. The newest generation of heroes are now painting the pages of Delinquent Comics. An actual play podcast in the game world of Masks, a new generation. Join our heroes as they struggle to build a team and save the city. Can Titan escape the shadow of his mentor burnout? Is Soul's overwhelming power too dangerous to control? Will Muse discover her past? And how does White Knight stomach all those strange snacks? Listen to Delinquent Comics to find out at allportsopen.com, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are found. New issues become available to all citizens every other Monday. All right, everyone. Welcome back. I am thrilled to have my guest here with me today, Kalina. Kalina, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you today. Um, we're going to get into a uh, into a conversation about something that uh, hasn't really been touched on on the show quite yet, which is disability and dating. Um, but just kind of for a good jumping off point, uh, how about you go ahead and take some time to tell the listeners who you are, what you do, just a little bit about you and what we're going to talk about today. Uh, definitely. Hi, everybody. My name is Kalina. I am so many things, honestly. Get ready. <laughs> honestly um so yeah so i am an author mental health coach and an, um i just said an author oh my god so i'm just like losing my mind today um <laughs> so honestly i'm an international speaker and i advocate people about the deaf community uh today we're going to be talking about what it's like to be disabled and being dating amazing um so starting off a little bit like 
tell me a little bit about your journey um, when it comes to disability uh, dating. What I mean, I don't even know. Like, are you single? Are you dating right now? Like, what's what's your status? What's your experience with this? Um, so right now I am single. Okay. Um, dating is very interesting. I would say I would not say it's a bad thing. Um, I would say it's very interesting because a lot of people, not just myself, but also the disabled community, they feel like um, that they always have to get themselves out there 10 times harder than anybody else. Um, sure. Because it's very unfortunate. Like, not a lot of people are aware or educated about disability community. And it's very unfortunate that, you know, when we go on date, especially myself, I have to expose myself 10 times more than anybody else. And you're just like, why am I exposing something that is should not be exposed to, right? And um, obviously, I there's some dates I get rejected because some Ugh, of them yeah. think that it's too much, me being deaf, and it's going to be too hard to communicate, right? Because you have to communicate and listen. So it was very a little bit difficulty for some people. So. It definitely, I would imagine that it takes a lot of, you must have a very strong sense of self, Um you know, to, to be able to put yourself out there like that. Like you said, it takes a new level of vulnerability, right? Exactly. Well, what's, um, what should people know about dating somebody who is disabled? Um, and I guess specifically in this situation, you know, uh, you are deaf in one ear, correct? I'm deaf in both ears. Both ears. Okay. Yeah, it's very, um, honestly, because the funny thing is, I was not born deaf, right? So I, w- I became deaf at four. And so... I was able to learn how to communicate in a different ways in both community, the deaf community and the hearing community. Wow. Everybody communicates very different, especially for myself who know how to communicate. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a super expert when it comes to communication. I bet. And so it, it's very interesting, I would say, because, you know, for me, when I got myself out there, honestly... I I was so hard because I was like I was getting anxiety because um had a deaf person taking me out to a dinner on first date traumatized me all the time. I I'd bet. be like, shoot, I have to sit there, stare at the person, lip twenty four seven throughout the whole dinner. So it's kind of awkward, right? Because I don't want the guy saying, "Oh, that is, why is she looking at my lip?" But I'm a lip reader, so I have to read your lip to hear the full conversation. That's how I communicate with the hearing community. Mm-hmm. And so That's an I'm incredible a- skill. Yeah. So, this, oh, my God, I had this one day. It was so funny. I was sitting on the table with this guy, and he looked at me. He's like, why do you keep looking at my lips so much? I was like, oh, shoot. So that's when I, I was not ready to expose that I'm deaf. Right, so I'm like, right. Okay. Yeah, and it was just like, and I was like, you know, and I told him straight up, and I said, listen, I have something to tell you. Um, you're more than happy to walk out on me if you want. And so he's like, okay. So he looked so confused, and I said, yeah, I'm deaf, by the way. He's like, wait, what? And then I was like, yeah, like, I'm hard of hearing. I'm hearing aids, but that's how I communicate. And he was so, like, his mouth dropped, like, his mouth open. <laughs> 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 and the Richard came came and she's like oh um what do you guys like um to eat and then he's like and he shakes his head like oh i'm sorry what did you say sorry and he's like oh i asked what do you want to order and then he looked at me and, and he was just like oh would you like me to order for you and i was like no i can order myself what the <laughs> oh, heck oh god 
yeah, I don't just like, it's not that serious, like, I just told you, but yeah, so it's very, um, it's very interesting in a way. Well, what should, I mean, what is your ideal date then? So if somebody is, you know, taking somebody out who is hard of hearing, what is the ideal? I mean, you said that sitting down at a dinner, looking at across the table, that can be kind of traumatizing, right? What What is your ideal date? For me, honestly, something comfortable. I would say more of activities because okay. that we're active, we're both active. I feel like you get to know the person a lot more when you do things with them instead of just sitting on the table asking. It's like interview. I hate interview date. I really yeah. do. I get what you mean. Like, the, and I definitely think that there are different people out there. There are people who like the sit. Like, I'm more of that person, right? Where I like sitting down, looking at the person in their eyes, and having a conversation. Um, but I can definitely. I, I there are a lot of people out in the world, and I can definitely understand. You know, the appeal of doing an activity instead and focusing on on that because then you're you're bonding over something instead of just looking at each other, like you said. Exactly. I feel like it gets awkward and silent and I'm the type of person I hate silence honestly like I would have to <laughs> in my head I'm like okay yeah so this and this like you know like I don't know I'm just that type of person that hate awkwardness hate silence especially it's and the dinner table is 10 times more common where there's a lot of awkwardness especially for time date where you know so right Right. Well, what are some things that like along with like, you know, this idea of an ideal date for you being something more activity based? What are what's some what what are some things that people should know dating somebody who is disabled? And I'm talking more in like a established relationship at this point um, um, versus, you know, disclosing that information. Yeah, I feel like um, I would tell people, especially um, for someone who is looking to date someone who disability or is interested um, 100% I would say don't come off the bat right away. I know a lot of people want to help their partner, but sometimes there's, you have to remember they were independent before they met you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you have to be like, okay, I have to be mindful. I'm a new person in their life. Um, I'm not going to ask them this specific question just yet. And also, too, I would say be patient, right? Dating someone who has a disability, is very, it's a lot of patience. A lot of patience. If you are someone who do not have patience, I'm telling you right now, do not date someone who have a disability. Um, because there's so much more towards just being patient, especially dating someone that have a disability. Because everybody's needs are different, right? So right. I know one time, um, not myself, but just one friend of mine, she, asked, she said I can tell her story. So don't worry, guys. <laughs> Like, uh, she yeah, went on permission. a guy, and she, um, I think a, a guy asked her, like, hey, what's your idea of date, right? And so I was just like, isn't the guy supposed to plan the date? And so she's like, no, I prefer a guy asking me what's my ideal date, so that mm. way me feel comfortable. So if you are a guy and interested, definitely ask a lot of the girls like or guys what is your idea of date because that way you have a better understanding right um but now that's very interesting because usually for me like when I meet guys they'll be like hey let's go on let's go out for dinner I'm like okay sure I feel like that's the new like the norm you know when you want is yeah so and she's like I'm so tired of that (laughs) I'm like staying here girl um, but yeah, for me, my main tip is definitely always ask questions, but do not go off the bat asking them questions about their disability, especially if it's your first time meeting them face to face. You want to know who you're dating the person, right? You don't want to ask exactly. them, 
You know, I know a lot of people say, you know, like, but I need to know this because I want to make her feel comfortable. Yeah, you will make her feel comfortable when you get to know who she is for who she is. Right? Exactly. By the way, she's going to be off guard and be like, why are you asking me about my disability where you're getting to know me for me? And so time time, a lot, I want a lot of people to know this, that when you ask someone about their disability off the bat, they feel not just yeah kind of like disrespectful sure in a way because you're just like what the heck you know I remember this one guy same thing like he asked me off the bat on a first date like oh, okay can you tell me more about your hearing loss so I'm just like why do you want to know what my hearing loss is so so just be cautious how you ask questions because the disability community are very sensitive especially when of course. you ask questions so that is my advice That makes total sense. And I mean, like you said, there is a way to, you will get to know, (laughs) because people aren't a monolith. Like nobody is a monolith. No group of people is a monolith. Women are not a monolith. People of color are not a monolith. Uh, People who have just, like, no, there's no right or wrong way. The thing that works for one person to get to know them isn't going to work for another person. So it is best I think like to approach and I'm just kind of reiterating what you're saying obviously here but it's good to approach people as individuals and you will learn more about them and their experience you know as having a disability through understanding them as a human being because the last thing I mean correct me if I'm wrong but the last thing that you want is to be broken down to just be in a box with that label right exactly yeah okay well, um, I mean, when you're when you're dating and you are, you know, I don't know, are you on the apps? Have you been on the apps? I I used to be on, of course, Tinder, the most common app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that was the only app I heard. Honestly, I did not want to go on Tinder. I swear to God, you guys, I did not want to go on it. My best friend literally took my phone and she literally signed me up. <laughs> well, well, I recommend Hinge, personally. I met my boyfriend, uh like four or five months ago on Hinge. That's a good one. Really? Okay. I don't I never, honestly, ever, ever since my hobo tender. Uh, okay. I never been on a hobo date, but I just, I feel like tender guys are just looking for. Yeah. One night stand or mm-hmm. short term, you know, I'm looking for long term, of course. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the, I think that the cool thing, like Tinder definitely has that connotation of being the hookup app right as opposed to uh i think the ones that the ones that are like the most tried and true have been like hinge tinder and bumble are like the three apps that kind of have stood the test of time right yes yeah especially bumble oh my god i I went never again i honestly went on one date from that guy i'm like nope bye (laughs) i get that well when you're when you're on the apps i mean uh, and I think that every person is different again, right? Like people are not a monolith, but are, are you a type of person who puts it out there or is it something that you, I mean, based on what you just told us with that story, it sounds like in some circumstances, it's just come up, you know, naturally during a date. Yeah. How do you, how do you it just come out naturally on a date? Okay. Um, again, it depends on the vibe, right? Are you, are you guys talking? Are you guys having a good time? Or just like, you know, it really depends on the energy of the guy for me. If I feel like his energy is up to beat and he's cool and he's a good guy and everything, then I could definitely, um, then I would definitely expose it, you know? But other than that, if I'm getting a weird energy, he's 
only asking me like, okay, what do you do for a living? Okay, what do you do? Da, 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 da. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm out Again, more, more interview type questions, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, nope, bye. I'm never again. <laughs> hard pass, hard pass. No, I get it. That's, that's uh, Dating is so weird, right? Like it's already so difficult, like just to put yourself out there. I mean, again, just uh, the level of vulnerability that that you you know have to exhibit is is just more so than than a lot of people have to experience. Um, so I really admire that. That's a really really incredible. And I mean, you have such a good like life view on it as well. This idea that people should like you and love you for for who you are, and everything else is secondary. So I really admire that. Thank you. Thank you. It took me years to get here. You know, I tell people, I mean, people always ask me, like, you know, you have so much confidence to get yourself out there. And I said, no, it took me years. You know, I've been, I've been single for like, what, six years now? And, you know, I go on dates and then, but it's more, I really just about the mindset, I will say, because you want to respect yourself and mm-hmm. learn, and learn how to love yourself first before anybody else. So that yeah. was I was going through, especially with someone that have a disability, it's super hard for us to give the other person or expose our other half to someone else. Right. Right. Again, it's that 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 level of vulnerability is just extra. Well, what yeah. does what did that journey look like for you? You know, I mean, so this podcast is obviously called Wine Dine Sixty Nine, um, and is about you know sex and relationships and communication and all of that good stuff, but. Um, I always do say that, you know, the podcast is about sex, relationships, dating, and self-love because kind of what you just hit on right there, none of those other relationships that you're going to have with other people, whether it be a one-night stand sexual relationship, whether it be a marriage, whether it be a friendship, none of those are going to flourish if the relationship that you have with yourself isn't solid. So, I mean, t- share as much as you're willing to. Obviously, you know this is this is your time, your episode. But like, what did that experience look like? That that journey of self love and you know really coming home to yourself. What did that look like? Yeah, it's um, honestly, I do a lot of counseling. After. For you, yeah, love therapy. <laughs> yeah, I did a lot to be honest because. Honestly, it's as a disability person, it's so hard to find someone that you can look up to and go to for a piece of advice. Mm-hmm. And I never had that when I was growing up, and it was very difficult. Yes, my family are always there for me and everything, but I just feel like they, I was missing that little piece, you know? Like, when is the perfect time to expose myself to say I am deaf? Mm-hmm. And my family said it's when you're ready, but I feel like that was not what I was looking for, you know? And I was looking for something more specific. I don't know what it was. I really don't know. And luckily, like, Max boyfriend, he was really good. He, on the back, he knew I was that because I had my hair in a ponytail. Mm-hmm. And that time I tested this guy. I swear to God, you guys, this, if you guys are listening, believe me when I tell you, I tested this guy. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> tonight i'm gonna touch this guy tonight i'm gonna have confidence and put my hand <laughs> up to show i'm who the boss is in the house okay i love that <laughs> and then i literally he passed the test so i put my hair in a ponytail he ordered the food for me so he didn't even ask but i i, I was like okay you know i just let him do whatever so i kind of give him that look and i'm like so why did you order for me so he's like oh i was just being polite you know i'm just trying to help 
And I was like, that did not help me. And I was so rude to my eye. Like, <laughs> and he's like, I like you. You're a solid woman. And I'm like, what? And then, um, and it was so funny to the point where the waiter came back and she said something. But he um, but he had an accent. So he come from Dominican Republic. So they're, okay. they're so strong. And she said something. He couldn't understand her. So he looks at me to say something. And I'm like, oh, Patty, what did you say? So I understood what she said. And I told him, that's what she said. That's what you want? And then he's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> it's different. So he wanted this particular food. And then it was so funny. And then, and then after that day, he's like, you're ordering my food starting now. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I he learned his that. lesson, huh? Yeah. So like, sometimes date will go unexpected the way you want to. And sometimes you just really have to test yourself a little bit, you know. And it doesn't hurt to go on a one day to test the guy to see if he's really worth exposing yourself to. Yeah, I think we put such pressure on ourselves too. Like, you know, I mean, you know, I'm in a show right now and after we record, I'm going to the theater. And I told my boyfriend, I was like, the last thing that I want to do right now is to like put my hair up in you know a period style piece put makeup on and like actually look presentable and that's kind of how it feels in dating right like but it's always worth it even just to go on one date to get a sense of the person and if they're worth more of your time right yeah exactly like one date like a couple hours like it's not gonna it's not gonna kill you just just assuming that he's not like a serial killer or something obviously in which case you know maybe it would be an issue but we're hoping that these guys have been more vetted, right? Um, okay, well, when you are, we've kind of already touched on this, but communicating in relationships. So many people have struggles communicating already. Um, how do you communicate your needs around this subject in the context of a relationship? I mean, you said that you are looking for a partner who's patient, and that's a big part of it. So I imagine that a lot of the communication is based around that patience. But, um, you know, what what does your communication style look like? Like, how do you, I mean, I, I always like to know people's zodiac signs too. Like what they're, it kind of gives me like a sense of like their personality. Like, how do you communicate your needs? Um, that's a really good question. Um, for me, how I communicate, I always tell my partner, this is what I have. So for example, I am deaf. And this is how I communicate, and it's just, it's just a problem, right? You have to be upfront with your partner, have that serious conversation, and have the uncomfortable conversation. I feel like a lot of people are not ready for that type of conversation, especially oh gosh, no. who is, yeah. I have to have so many uncomfortable conversations with all the guys I, you know, who I thought I would have potential with. And I said, this is what, how I communicate, and this is something you can't handle, then you have to let me go. And I remember this one guy, he's like, no, I really like you, blah, 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 blah. But then I'm like, you're not communicating the way how I communicate, you know? And for example, myself, who is a deaf person, I cannot hear very well through the voice note. So instead of people texting, people send voice note. And he was that type of person that then voice note would call me instead of FaceTiming, right? So I prefer FaceTiming if you're calling me so I can read your lip. And mm-hmm. and he wouldn't like he's like oh my god it's so much work like he would complain too much basically oh yeah no yeah and I was just like hey you gotta go sir you gotta go and he's like what and <laughs> so it's really about 
your knowing yourself as one and two knowing who you're um dating and who your partner is it's very important for me i just honestly it's very hard to have the un- uncomfortable conversation but again everybody's different i always tell myself like no i if this guy cannot um help me or communicate with my style especially for me i'm pretty simple like you just have to look at me face to face just you know, stay where you have to stay. But for me, communication, I always like to do a checkup communication with my partner. Um, every two weeks, um, hey, what can I do better? What can you do better? Um, you know, I always make sure that we meet see each other once a week, twice a week. It depends on my schedule, my partner's schedule. And um and dates. Dates is super important for me. At least once a month, twice a month. To really know what's going on in the partner and you know keep the relationship moving but that's really how I would communicate with my partner you're definitely my kind of girl I'm, a, I'm that person too I just I told my partner a couple weeks ago um that I wanted to communicate about our individual goals for the new year and how we could best support each other in those exactly. and just having those like checkups and being like all right we're gonna check in what what can you know I do better what can you do better what um this wasn't on my list of questions, but now I'm curious. What would you consider uh, to be your love languages? Can you repeat that again? Oh, sure. Uh, what would you consider to be your love languages? You know, there's the um, different ways of expressing love or the different ways in which you need to receive love. There is words of affirmation, receiving gifts, um, quality time, physical touch. Oh, and what's the fifth one? For me, I would say it is quality time and okay. act of service. So that's that's the one I was missing. <laughs> <laughs> act of service, I would say a lot more for me because I see that my partner loves to help. I um and obviously because of myself who's a deaf person, I may need my partner to, you know, not translate for me, but you know, take phone calls for me. So like say for example, if I'm on the phone with the bank and I'm, I'm and I'm struggling to understand what they're saying through the phone. I would need my partner to help, so I need a helper in my of my partner. That makes sense. Yeah, and that is in a way like an act of service is being able to you know step in and again when when you ask for help, not not offering to do things that you know you want to take on your own. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. I I just always find it fascinating to figure out you know. Um, and I'm not surprised by that at all, you know, that you say that quality time and acts of service just based on talking to you for 20 minutes. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how has this impacted your dating process in the past? I mean, we've kind of talked about how, you know, you have that guy who ordered for you. Um, you, But it sounds like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, have the majority of people been, you know, welcoming and understanding? I mean, or have you... Have you felt like you've had to teach people a lot of the time? Um, for me, honestly, when I started the dating journey, it was difficult because I was 20 years old. I was a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. Who's the back of the kid? Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, you know? I used to like, oh, the guy, you know? I got I just uh, mentality, basically. And... um. I get rejected a lot in the beginning of the dating phases 
I would get a lot of rejection because a lot of guys told me straight up, like, you know, you're a very beautiful girl, but however, you carry a lot on the table because I am deaf. Mm. And I did felt like, yeah, like, you know what I'm like? Am I even worth the dating life? And I did step back a a lot, actually, from the dating world. And I went back on there, and that's when my friend took my phone. And then she's like, oh, let's go on Tinder. And I said, no. Like, I got rejected so many times, like, because I'm deaf, you know? And so, and the baby, I slowly got better. And then, God, and then as I go on, I realized what to look for and what not to look for. Like, the red flag, the green flag. And had doing slowly, I would say when I was 21, 22, that's when I started to meet people that was more understanding. Um, you know, they were honest with me. And then eventually, you know, I started meeting more people. And then I started, you know, dating is not for me. I took a step back. And that's when I went to go to counseling to figure out what it, you know, why am I getting rejected? Like, it, again, I was young. And, and the counselor said this one piece of advice to me. She said, you are worthy. There's always going to be that one guy out there that's going to definitely be worth your time. Time time, you yeah. have to do the garbage guy before you meet <laughs> your army. Yeah, you got to kiss those frogs, right? And I was just like, what? And my, I'm young, so I don't think this is true. So I'm like, no. like, uh, And then I would jump because the point where like my friend from like high school that were dating, they were they were like high, high school sweetheart. And I'm like, oh my God, but everybody else was in high school sweetheart. Like, how come I can't find a man? You know, it's just kind of like, I'm, I know I'm pretty, but it's like, why no one would accept me for who I am, even though I am deaf? And I did have a lot of doubt, self-doubt, especially when I started. Um, over the time, I got better with the counseling. She helped me a lot. And and that's when I decided to take myself back on the app. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to try one more time and see how it goes. And I met so many fascinating guys. Or, or Some of them are actually my friends now. Uh, some great. of them up. Um, but I started to realize what would I what I needed. You know, I needed to go on all these dates just to know what I need for myself, especially knowing that I am deaf. I have to accept that. And so I had to learn how to accept for who I am. And say, you know what, Kalina, you're deaf. Yes, there are gonna be people out there that are gonna reject you because you're deaf, but that does not mean that you deserve love. And so I told myself that every day, every day, every day. I feel like I'm gonna have to write that quote down. That's uh, the heart of the matter, right? Yeah. But what, um, you kind of talked about red flags and green flags. Can you share what some of those are for you? Um, so the the green flags for me is, you know, a guy that is old fashioned, um, who loves to learn and a guy that is open minded and not very judgmental. I feel like nowadays people are very judgmental for no reason. <laughs> yes. Um, social media has not helped with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, calm down, sir. Um <laughs> I was yeah, non-judgmental. Someone that's funny, you know? It's so hard to find some people who try too hard off the bat, especially when you first meet them and you know they're trying and you're like, Why are you trying so hard? It's just a first time meeting, relax. And so I know I met so many guys like that, and they're like, "Oh my god, you're so pretty!" Like you know, they try to be funny, but they're not funny. That's my biggest. <laughs> like, you try to be funny, but you're not funny. <laughs> and sometimes I tell them straight up, "Like you're not funny. Stop doing that." <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and some guys, you have to call them out on the BS sometimes because they're embarrassing both of you. Especially if you're going on a dinner table, that's the worst. And you're like, 
just stop <laughs> oh my god no that's i mean i i admire you i'm afraid to call people out i don't know if it's like the midwestern politeness in me or what but i'm i i'm trying to be better at it because it's important if somebody's spewing bs then you gotta you gotta be able to call it out and put them in their place right yeah and i feel like people need to start feeling feeling comfortable about doing that especially but the thing is you have to use it in a, a polite way you know i feel like people use it in a aggressive way but mm-hmm. come around it you know like for me i won't be straightforward with you but like hey cut it. no but like, hey, if you don't mind you know i don't i don't appreciate you saying that Right, so I know I know there were some people that when I went on dates, like they would say some really weird stuff to me. I remember this one guy asked me the stupid question ever. He was just like, "Okay, so how can deaf people listen to music on the first date?" Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, my date is over. Check, I'm going home." Like it's like what? Yeah. And I understand. I understand. Not everybody is very knowledgeable about the deaf community. I understand people want to learn and listen, but there's so many ways how you can reward certain things instead of making the person feel uncomfortable. So that was something, you know, that was one of, that's definitely one of my red flags. But yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is that Google exists. Like exactly. you don't need you don't need to ask somebody who you are on a date with, presumably, to get to know them on a personal level. You don't need to use them as your personal Google. Exactly. You know, if you if you would like to know more things, I mean, in this situation, right? I'm asking you questions because you graciously, you know, agreed to come on the podcast um, when I put out a call for potential guests. Right? It's an educational experience. Exactly. But if you are t- if you are taking somebody out on like there are so many, and maybe this podcast episode will be one of those those educational things that people can go to preemptively so that they don't have to ask those questions to somebody that they. I mean, it just I can only imagine how disheartening it must be to go out on a date, be maybe excited about it, maybe not, you know, and to be like have somebody ask you questions that they could ask about the deaf community on Google. You know? Exactly. I agree. I, that's how I felt like sometime. And someday, like, I would go on a date and I feel like I'm a oogle. Like, they ask me question. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm educating you? We're in school? I thought we were on a date. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, that's not going to make you feel good. And it just makes them look like an ass. So, you know. <laughs> Um, well, I guess, uh, what, let me go back to my list of questions here. Oh, what does your self-love practice look like? I mean, you, I know that you mentioned that you go to counseling and that's, I mean, huge fan of therapy here on the show. I think that everybody should be in therapy. Um, but what are some other things that you do, you know, just to take care of yourself, your mental health, um, and to, you know, make sure that you're staying in contact with the genuine part of yourself? I definitely say get my nail done. Come on, ladies. We know we love to love get it. my nail done. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I get my nail done, get my hair done, you know. And also, too, I read a lot of self-love books. I love reading books. Um, mm. And it's very important to watch what you feed to your brain. A lot of people mm. don't, don't do that, you know, especially what you watch on social media. For example, that guy, what's his name? T, T, start with the T. And oh, Tate, Andrew Tate. Oh, my God. People are talking. <laughs> oh, my God. I literally mute any video that he didn't end because he brings the negativity 
about men and women, I was like, okay, you know what? This is not healthy for my brain. So I cut that off. Like, immediately. Oh, yeah. It's, it's rotting your brain just by, like, having it, like, in your psyche. Exactly. So a lot of time, that's what I do. I focus on what is positive in my brain and what is not meant to be and what's not meant to be seen. Um, yes, I understand it's very difficult, but I always tell people, you have control of your life, 100%. If you see something mm-hmm. in front of you, could you waste that out? Yeah, of course you can. But it takes time to out-program it out of your brain. And um, right. through, like your support system, your friends. I always go out with my friends every weekend. We try our best to be consistent with going out with each other and um you know have fun time and do something you love especially your favorite hobbies you know find hobbies join a class you know i used to do um one of this one class with my friend like a painting class and it was really cool but yeah that's what i do for my self-love and get my mental health in order i love that no it sounds like you have a very full and vibrant vibrant life and yeah i love the work that you've just done to be like yeah this is this is who i am and embracing it and uh, knowing that, you know, there are and observing, you know, just through your dating, it sounds like there are lots of people that have entered your life and you've just, you know, like, oh, it's okay. We're having, we're having faith in humanity a little bit more. Good. Exactly. Well, what can you share? This kind of goes along um, the same idea of kind of self-love, but it's in more of a general sense. What can you share about uh, disability and mental health and, you know, how important it is to focus on on mental health? Um, I would say the reason why it's super important on my mental health, oh, sorry, it's super important to focus on mental health is because, um, you know, you, you, you have, you don't know what comes next. And a lot of people go through so many things in life where they cannot find balance in life. And I noticed that myself with dating, work, business, friends, family, drama, what, what, what. And it's super important to really take some time for yourself because you never know when you're going to burn out. Sometimes you don't realize how much you're doing so much. And you all of a sudden you're crying. You're like, why am I crying? Oh, my God, this is too much. You really have to listen to yourself or else you're going to burn out. And you may pass away. You never know. You know, I know some people don't focus on the mental health because they felt like it was not, it was not, it would show them the weakness, I would say. And I do want to make sure that people know that it's okay not to be okay. Not every day it has to be a perfect day. As long as you be consistent moving your body out of the bed, that's super important. If yeah. you can get up out of your bed, that's achievable. You know how many people struggle to get out of bed, especially in the hospital beds. There's a lot of people. That's so true. Yeah, there's a lot of people who can't come out. And, you know, I always remind people, like, hey, be grateful how far you've come in your life. You could have been where you are five years ago. That's so true. Yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds like that's a really big part of your gratitude practice, too, is just uh, being able to look at how like where you were at one point and then measuring the distance between that point and where you are now and being able to give yourself credit and be proud of yourself and exactly. to be grateful for the little things that that you do have exactly and for me like when I meet people they always complain or whatever and I'm like hey listen at least you don't have to hear 10 times harder than I do it's frustrating for me to communicate daily basics you know, and like literally went to the grocery store like a couple hours ago and I was so 
Like, I was just so annoyed. I'm like, oh, my God, I need to get out of here. There's too many staff. There's too many people. Like, hearing voices everywhere. and everywhere. It's like, oh, my God, I need to get out, you know? So just always be grateful for the little things you have. Yeah, that sounds like a really, like, overwhelming, nerve-wracking, stimulating experience. Oh, yeah. It is nerve-wracking, honestly. I don't know how I do this, but, I mean, I've been deaf since I was four, so I'm kind of used to it by now, so. Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, I, but it's so funny, too, just like, I mean, not funny, haha, but this idea that, you know, you can get so used to something, and then sometimes, years later, like, the smallest thing can kind of trigger it, and you're like, wow, where did that come from, you know? Just, again, yeah. kind of like you said, progress is not linear and it's uh some days you're going to take steps forward and some days uh just getting out of bed is is an accomplishment of course 100 percent. well preparing for this episode i was doing some um research for i mean on the topic and uh i came across a new dating site um, called datability.com. There was a, I sent you the article. It's a USA Today article about um, a woman who started this website. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, again, like people are not a monolith. So some people may really want to approach uh, dating, you know, with a disability by putting it out there on the profile and some people might not. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on having an app specifically geared towards that? I never knew that app exists, to be honest with you guys. I had no idea <laughs> until she mentioned me, she mentioned me about it. And I'm like, what? There's a dating app? If I knew that, I would have been on it 100%. I would have been oh, on it. Oh, yeah? There's a couple of them, actually. Yeah. I just like uh, I, I just typed in like uh, disability dating, you know, trying to get a sense of, of um, the experience that, you know, you may or may not have had. Um, and a few a few dating with disability apps came up, so... If you do try them, let me know how it goes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would definitely download and let you guys know how it goes. Like, I always wanted what it's like to be deaf. I mean, like, to date someone who's also deaf. That's something I always wanted to experience, right? I never experienced that. I, I always go on dates with guys that are hearing, but never met any guy that is deaf, too. So that's pretty interesting. So I definitely check it out. But when I was reading the article, it was very true because she said she struggled a lot in dating because she felt like she had to put herself out there so much and she felt like she felt uncomfortable but some, at the same time she had to expose it because she was not receiving I guess the support that she wanted from the guy mm-hmm. and that in the article I was reading and it was so true because not everybody wants to expose their disability on the first date you know because what if this date doesn't go well in the end why am I going to waste my time exactly on- you know, and I and I can totally relate to the article, and I would say that is so true. And I I thought I was the only one going through that. And again, it really depends on the guy and you. Did you feel comfortable exposing yourself on the first date? For me, I don't, because mm. I'm not gonna waste my time and energy to tell the person, yeah, yeah. By the way, like when we move forward, it's like you know, like I am deaf. We have to do something different. So I feel like. It's really upon the person, but I'm definitely going to check out the app and definitely see if I can find another deaf guy and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be I would just be curious about that because that entire I mean, that entire piece of 
the equation is taken out of the puzzle, right? Like you no longer feel pressure to, uh, you know, disclose that earlier, later, like never, because you're on an app, you know, where it's just kind of assumed that that's part of it. So I don't know. I I would be curious if that like were to take any, if it would alleviate any pressure. And I also I also wonder, um, I wonder what it would be like. You know, obviously people are are so so different but be able to to be able to date somebody who has had those similar experiences you and can connect with you on on that level exactly i feel like it'd be different you know i just want to tell people that sometimes it's very good to come out of your comfort zone to do something different i know a lot of people are still used to the same routine and they feel comfortable but you never know right if you come out of your comfort zone you'd be surprised what the result will be Absolutely. And I guess with that, like what um what are some pieces of advice that you would give a to someone who is disabled and is feeling uh disheartened on their dating journey? And um how can people better support uh you and other people who fall under that umbrella, you know, going forward? I would say the first thing is be mindful how you use your words, especially when you're on date. And number two, always be patient, right? And three, do not have high expectation. I feel like every time, everybody always have a high expectation of the person. Do yeah. go, go in there with no expectation. Stop having expectation. Like, yeah, he needs to do this. Oh, yeah, he needs to do this. If he doesn't do this, I'm going to cut him up. Oh, I'm turning around. No. You just never know. I wish that at the end of the day, we're all just individual people looking for a connection, right? Exactly. And I feel like also, too, don't force the connection with the person, especially on your first date. Calm down. That's another person. I know a lot of people will go on the first date and they're like, nope, I don't want to see that person. The date was boring. I want mm. to go. Don't go with high expectation. Time, time, you have to go on multiple dates. Maybe both of you were shy. Maybe both of you don't know what to say to each other. Maybe you guys don't want to come off rude or, you know, you don't know what to expect. But once again, um, definitely be patient. Go in there with no expectation and date different people. You know, don't date just the same person, right? I know I have a friend of mine who who's like, oh, my God, can you date so many different guys, so many races. And I said, yes, you're supposed to. I'm so confused. <laughs> I didn't know you're supposed to date one race. I don't know. That's not who I am. I'm a very multicultural person. And I, I'm mixed. So my family is very mixed. So I'm not going to stick with one race. You know, I am I grew up in a multicultural family. So, you know, um, but definitely come out of your comfort zone and date different other people, different background. You know, and you just never know who who you turn into. You never know who your future husband is. You really don't know. And I always tell people the future is there, but you have to get yourself out there. Especially you have no expectation. You just have to take okay, you know what? Let's see how the day goes. Keep going forward. And especially if someone who's having to stable, don't have high expectation on it. Because and don't be surprised if we refuse your help. That's mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. a lot of people really get like, oh, why would she not want my help? Why would she not? Just remember, she was independent, independent before she met you. Am I not wrong? So you just have to be patient with her and, and accept the no. And I know a lot of people want to help people, but at the same time, you guys have to remember, they were independent before you even came in. So always accept the no. 
You just have to accept the no. Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice. I mean, just across the board, like accepting the no, not having high expectations. I mean, you should always have high expectations for how you want other people to treat you, right? But having expectations, like, I mean, it's you're setting yourself up for failure if you are going into a date being like, I loved his profile, you know, I think he's the one. And then, you know, when he ends up being a dud, it's just going to hurt even more because you set yourself up for disappointment. I 100% agree. And there's so many, not girls, but guys too, right? When they look for a woman, they have this crazy wula in their head. And I'm like, you are crazy, sir. <laughs> and he said the same thing. Oh, this girl, just, I'm like, you are crazy. Because no girl will check up everything that you are looking for. And that's the one thing people need to understand is not one person, even if you're a partner, they're not going to check up everything that you want in the partner. Yep. Yeah, we are all human and very flawed. Yeah, and it's not, especially even worse for someone who with disability, like myself. You can't have a, I cannot have every expectation you have for me. I'm sorry, but that's not who I am. And I feel like people need to be really mindful and conscious because you never know when your partner will have a disability down the road. It's, you are likely to be having a disability so quick. You just never know. For example, you get into a car accident, you your partner have a disability, what are you going to do now? Right? So it's hard. Yeah, no, things can change very, very quickly. That's true. I was going to say, like, you know, I tell people, honestly, like, just if you're dating someone who's disabled, just be, 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 be patient. And please be careful how you use your words, especially if you're asking a question. Just be very cautious how you're acting. And that is my last advice. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kalina. Um, it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you for sharing, you know, your stories um, and your experiences and just your overall thoughts. Um, you know, this is uh, the first, I think, episode that we've had on this topic. And um, I really, uh, you know, admire you for opening up and being able to, being willing to share. I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. Not a problem. Anytime. And uh, did you have anything? Uh, where can people find you? You know, do you want them to? Uh, I know that you said you do some different public speaking things. Is there anything that you want to shout out? Or uh, yeah, where can where can people find you? Definitely, you guys can find me on my Instagram, which is Deaf Queen Bald. And I do have a book that's on Amazon, so you can just type in Kalina Powell. I know a lot of people couldn't find my book title a lot of times, so I would just say it here. So my book title is Every Day I Am Just Deaf. So you can definitely find it on Amazon. And definitely hope you enjoy your book. And my book is a very poetry book, so it's not a long book or anything like that. It's just a poetry book about me being deaf in the hearing community, so that way you have an idea what it's like to be deaf in the hearing community. Oh, I'm definitely going to pick a copy. I try to get copies of all of my guests' books. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely pick one up for sure. <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, thanks so much, Kalina. I really, uh, like I said, appreciate you being here and, um, you know, wishing you all the all the best in this new year as we go into, dear God, 2023. <laughs> thank you, YouTube. I hope you have a fantastic 2023, everybody. And I hope you guys have a lovely year. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. Wishing everybody else here listening the best in 2023 going forward. Um, You've been listening to Wine, Dine, and 69. I am your host, Rachel Dalton, and let's keep talking. Mm